Hey, grab a seat. As, as Helen mentioned before, we are opening the Bible again this morning in John chapter 17. And it has struck me as I've been reflecting on it and was thinking about us taking communion just a moment ago, how pivotal this moment is in history that God chooses again and again and again to bring us back to this moment 2,000 years ago. We did this with communion, right? We took this little piece of bread and this little cup of juice And we did something that Jesus in that moment told us to do, to remember that his body was going to be given for us on a cross, that his blood was going to be shed for us, that those things are represented in the emblems of the bread and the juice. So he's drawing our attention to that moment. And the other thing that's really striking as we enter the Gospel of John again is that Jesus is teaching his disciples a whole range of things. But I love how he repeatedly says, I'm saying these things out loud for your benefit. I'm saying them to prepare, for, to prepare you for what is ahead. And he's speaking to his disciples because he wants to prepare them for the trauma of the cross, for seeing him, their teacher, their rabbi, going to suffer a horrific death. But he doesn't just pray for them that they would be sustained through that horrible, horrible moment. He prays for us. He says, I pray for the people who will believe in my word through them. In other words, for us. Do you understand? When we delve into the scripture here, we are looking at words that the God who spoke the universe into being chose to speak for your benefit and for mine. That is amazing. He is right here with us. He has us in mind. So Today we are going to look at John 17, 13 to 19, and we're just going to sit in this for a bit. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus is praying to his Father. He says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Do you see it? I say these things. He draws our attention to why he says the things so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So you can see Jesus is preparing his disciples in a really deliberate way. And he says this wonderful thing. He doesn't just want them to sort of get by, to hang in there through the tough moment that they're about to experience and even life after that. He says... I don't pray that they may hang in there. He prays so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. This is a rich and abundant life he wants us to have. And that is so striking because the next thing he says is that the world hates them. So you are to be joyful in a world that hates you. That is some challenge, isn't it? And why does the world hate them? Because they have believed his word. He says, uh, just a little earlier, he uses the word received. They have received my word. 
And that is why the world hates them. But also, here's the thing, because they have received that world, they have been made fundamentally different from the world. He says, they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. He says that twice. Do you notice that? You are fundamentally different from everybody else. This is radical stuff. And so we are kind of like a fish out of water here, right? And yet Jesus prays, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. So you're in there, you don't belong, you are fundamentally different, yet you are in it, and yet I'm not saying take them out. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I read, when I read that, I'm like, oh, really? Come on. It's not like me. This world is so different. Can I just, could you just take us out? Because when I look at the world around me, sometimes it tempts me to despair. Because our institutions teach garbage. They teach lies about who you are and where you came from and how you came to be here. And our society at large celebrates the unholy. It takes things that the Bible says are good and says they're evil. And things that the Bible says are evil and calls them good and celebrates them. And we see this everywhere. We are immersed in it. You walk out the door and you see it. You go to work and you hear the conversations that are happening around you. The things that our society celebrates are ungodly. And we are saturated in them. And, and what we see on TV and what we see on social media, just everywhere, right? This world is full of the ungodly. And yet Jesus says, my prayer is not that you take them out. How? How can we be so different in this world when we are saturated or surrounded by these influences? I keep using these watery words, right? Saturated, immersed in, fish out of water, because this I struggled to process this as I was meditating on. I just thought the image that kept coming to mind is like a person diving into a pool. How do you dive into a pool without getting wet? That seems to me to be the challenge. And Jesus knows, Jesus knows. He says, he gives us the supernatural key for this to be possible. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. To be sanctified means to be made pure and means to be set apart, even as we are within the world. How? By his truth, by his word. Now, if you're not familiar by that term, familiar with that term, the Word of God, at its very simplest, it means the words that God has spoken, and specifically the Word of salvation, the fact that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, to pay for all of the evil things that you and I have ever done, so that if we accept His Lordship over our lives, say we say, Jesus, we believe you are God, that you died for me, then God cleans the slate because God, because Christ has borne our sin for us, that you can be saved. This is the word of salvation. This is the word of God. But in its broader sense, the word of God is everything that God has said to us, everything he has spoken to us, everything that we have in his word, the Bible. This is what he has given us. 
This is how it is to be possible. Jesus has told us about the Holy Spirit, God himself who will come and dwell within us even as he is not physically present with us. And now he is telling us about his word. And I'm also excited for, in a few weeks' time, I think we're still on the schedule, eh, Jeremy? We're going to talk about the church, yeah? So we're going to talk about these things that they all go together. What I want us to understand is God has prepared us for this moment in history. He knows where you are. He knows what is going on. He has made you ready. He has spoken it in advance so that you may have the fullness of His joy. Not so you will be scraping by, but you may have life in Him. This is what He wants for us. And the Word of God is utterly, utterly, utterly indispensable to us to, to do this, to be in this world. Here's what, uh, what, what is written in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. It says, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You need food, right? I need food. Some of you think he needs more food. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> we need food. You don't lightly skip a meal, right? Not lightly. And yet we neglect the Word of God. I'm guilty of this myself. I say, first thing in the morning, I say, I am too tired. I'm preaching this morning. It was how to get out of bed. I love this. I love the Word of God. But, man, I get pulled in other directions. At the end of the day, end of a long work day, I'm, look, I'm just too tired. I just want the TV. I just want social media. I just want to hang out with my friends. I just want something else. In the middle of the day, I'm just far too busy. What are you talking about? And yet it plays such a crucial role in separating us and keeping us holy, even as we're in, of, uh, in the world, but not of it. In Hebrews, we read this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Word sifts us. It cleans us. It helps us to see with the help of the Holy Spirit and the church community what is in us and what is not of God and what needs to be dealt with. And by the blood of Christ, it is dealt with. But as we choose to follow Him, we have to come back to the Word again and again and again. There's this wonderful passage in Ephesians where God says He is preparing us to be His bride and He has cleansed us. He is cleansing us through His Word. We must be in the Word of God. And I've got really good news for you. If, like me, you have struggled from time to time, maybe now, to have a great relationship with the Word of God, I don't want to say habit because it is so much more than that. I want us to fall in love with the Word of God. Here is God's encouragement. This is something that Moses wrote to the people of Israel after giving them a bunch of commandments. He said, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. It's not too difficult for you to get into or beyond your reach. It is not, uh, it's not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? Because like I, I'm imagining, he's, he's anticipating a situation where people go, I'm just too tired, I just can't get it, I don't know where it is. And he's saying, it's not too hard for you. Hey, it's not too hard for you. It's not so difficult. 
No, the word is very near you. The word, it is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. Now, this might blow your mind, but this was spoken to people without the internet. (laughs) They did not have Wi-Fi. They did not have the nearness to the Word of God that you and I have all the time. I was reaching for my phone. I left it down there. But it is so close, right? Here it is. It's not too far. It is right there. Stop making excuses. I think some of us, we we say, when we approach this subject, we think, oh, look at It's a bit hard, and if if it's hard, then I'm striving, and God doesn't want me to strive. He doesn't want that kind of relationship with me. Therefore, I'll watch TV. God just wants me to chill out, relax. What a load of rubbish. What are you telling yourself to keep yourself out of the Word of God? This is a spiritual battle, right? It is no wonder that there is a bit of difficulty, a bit of inertia when we are surrounded by the world that says, hey, take a break. You're worth it. It's about you. God is imploring you. Stop filling your mind with rubbish and come to his living word. And it is not far from us. Now, here's here's this cool thing. So Moses gives the Israelites a bunch of tips so that they may practically do that. And I want to translate these for us today. Here's here's the tips that he gave to Israel. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this is, this is immersion in the Word, right? We talked about immersion in the world. Here's immersion in the Word. All of this stuff is relevant for it today. So I love how Moses says, talk about it as you go down the road. So Catherine and I, my wife and I, have just started this practice. We drive to work most days in the car. We're doing Scripture memory. We're talking about the Word of God as we go down the road. It's that easy. So we're trying to memorize bits of Scripture to put them into our hearts, and we're reflecting on them. And as you, it's a great practice because it's a bit tricky, right? It doesn't come naturally. We don't memorize that many things this, in this life except for maybe computer passwords, right? And you, well, yeah, let's not go there. I'm going to talk about those shortly. Uh, but, so talk about it as you go down the road. My brother's computer wouldn't boot up properly when we were trying to play computer games yesterday. We had a little video call going, though, so we started talking about the scripture he shared with me uh, a month or so ago and saying, isn't that amazing? And I really loved that one. And I was thinking about this word. Isn't that cool? Talk about it. This is a team thing, right? This is a community thing. We do it together. On that subject, talk about it in a life group. Get into a life group. Get into the Word of God. Get curious about it. Uh, But once a week is not enough. You don't eat once a week. Right? This isn't enough. Come here too. Do this. But we're talking about saturation. Uh, 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 here's another thing that we do. So uh, Moses says, do, uh, talk about it, think about it when you lie down and when you get up. I have a WhatsApp chat group going with my brothers, Jeremy and David. And my brother David lives in Pennsylvania. So the cool thing is, and we all know we need this constant encouragement to be in the Word. So that's what we do. Like we know we need it. 
Uh, so we encourage each other, and we use the YouVersion app, and, and Dave and I are trying to get, keep our streak going. If you use that, that app, it, it, it adds one every day that you are in there and in the Word, and we take a screenshot of our, of our streak, and we send it to each other, and we say, here's what I'm reading, and here's what I'm thinking about, and what do you think about that? It's cool. It's nearer to us than ever. Uh, what else do we do? Oh, just back to the car one. If you are driving and you're by yourself, uh, so you don't have someone to talk to necessarily, the, the, again, the YouVersion app is just terrific, and you should get it if you don't. You can um, pull up the Scripture, and there's a little play button. Just hit play. Some guy reads it to you in a really soft, lovely voice. <laughs> right. And you can, you can get through, like, the book of Romans probably in an hour and a half. Isn't that amazing? I don't know how long your commute is. You might have to break it up, but... Uh, tie them on, as symbols on your hands. Does that mean you can get a tattoo? I'm not sure. Uh, it actually says tie them, not ink them or tat them, right? But uh, this is where the computer password came to mind, right? If you, you could use a, a, a Bible verse as your computer password. You just have an uppercase and a lowercase and use the colon to separate the chapter and the verse. I reckon that would be reasonably secure. Uh, I don't take that as gospel, but I'm just saying, where else? Where else can you put the Word of God in your life? Uh, Moses says, write these things, these commandments on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And you can still do that. And you can put them on your fridge magnets and you can put them on the whiteboards and you can put them on your chalkboards. That's, that's sort of all the tips I have for now, but that's a bunch of stuff, right? And some of you are thinking, oh yeah, well that's, that's fun, but it's a bit over the top, right? It's not over the top. How are you going to bring the Word of God into your life? We're going to fall in love with this. If you want to be in this world and not be taken over or influenced by its lies, this is what you have to do. This is what we need to do. And it is life to you. It is life to you. You know, I find when I neglect the Word of God, I become a nasty person, right? You've got a bad attitude, bad habits, just bad this and bad that. And when I get in there, somehow it changes me because my heart is filled with different stuff. It's really great. If you're sick of how you're living, if you're sick of your spiritual condition, ask where you are in the Word of God. Now, more than ever, I think we need to receive this into our hearts today because more than ever, well, at least in our time, it, it feels like our, our world and our culture is going away from what we believe. And I, I know I've given you some practical things here, but I think there's something else that we miss sometimes in here. I, I want to encourage us to dream about the Word of God, to, to not just take it as a set of moral imperatives, which, which it's wonderful for. It tells us what is right and what is wrong and what is true and what is lies. But God, through, his, through the Bible, through His Word, is telling a story about history. He is telling us in, in advance what is going to happen. And he helps us to make sense of our society today. You know, Jesus said to us that in this time, in the end, peoples would be lover of, people would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Okay, so I see that. So he, he, he provides me with a framing here for where I am. He says that uh, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. I can understand that. I can get that. I can see that as a danger in my own heart. 
the Bible says that in the end times, like the times we are coming into and that we are in, it says there will be false teachers. And so we need the word and good, good instruction to know the truth. We've heard about cults this in the last 12 months, right? There are people who, are, who want to pull you away from Christ and get them following you know, individuals, people. And you know, if you do not know the word of God well, and if you're not coming together with the community of the church, you are in serious danger. People in these, in these things never, never, or who come out of them, they, they would never have imagined it could have been them. You have to know the word of God. You have to get this into your heart and into your life. You know, in all of this, what I do, it, it, I, I am reflecting on these things, not simply to make sense of the, the world that I live in, but because I want to loosen my own grasp on this life. Because I know that I, I, in, my, in my flesh, in my own sinful nature, I love it too much. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best to do what Jesus tells me to, which is to fix my eyes on him and what is to come. Because when I imagine a much better world that is to come, I go, why would I live or just hold on to this one so much? And I fill my heart with something bigger. And there are some amazing questions to explore in here, right? So have a, have a listen to this picture from the book of Revelation. We, we sang about some of these things before. It was thrilling. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, oh, sorry, I can just feel my wife looking at me, because we've been trying to, she isn't, but we've been trying to memorize this in the car. And I'm going to read it because I don't think I could pull it off. <laughs> uh, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will live with them. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is coming back. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. What a picture. That is the promise that we read about in God's Word. This is the culmination of history. And there are so many cool things to explore. Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. What is that like? And he says, I'm telling you so you can dream about it. You can think about it. You can know the assurance of it. You know, just this morning I was sitting in the kitchen and it struck me that when the Bible talks about the wedding supper of the Lamb, we, we sang it before, right? We'll enter in as the wedding bells ring. The bride will come together and we'll sing, you're beautiful. And I just, maybe, maybe I knew, but I didn't know. But I thought, oh, the wedding supper of the Lamb, it's a wedding. The church is the bride. Christ is the groom. The supper, therefore, is to celebrate our reunion with him at the end of all things. And Jesus, one day, he, when he took the cup, he said, I will not drink of this again until I come into my kingdom. I imagine that he's referring to the wedding supper of the Lamb when he's going to celebrate with us. What wondrous things to fill our hearts with. The world pales in comparison to all those things. And it is all right there, right there in your pocket right now. 
Hang on to it, people. Hang on to it. There's just one further idea I wanted to leave with us. And I'm gonna, you'll indulge me, but I'm going to tease out what I mean by this, is that God made us to be salt, not pickles. Okay? God made us to be salt, not pickles. So salt, you spread, right? You put on things and it gives it flavor. A pickle sits in a jar. God didn't just give us the Word of God so that we could be off to one side, preserved for His coming again. He made us to be spread around. Yeah? Salt, not pickles. See what I did there? (laughs) And so Jesus, at the end of this passage we're looking at, He said this, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So we can get into a defensive mindset where we say, look, I see the purpose implicitly of being a follower of Christ is that God helps me to live the life that I want to lead and he just gives me a bit of help and a bit of food, a bit of spiritual encouragement on the side so that I can get through my Monday to Saturday or whatever it is and, you know, get by and live the life that I want to live. And it is completely back to front. God has given us his word. He has given us his hope so that we can go out into the world. Jesus says, I have sent them into the world. He didn't just leave us into, in the world to see, let's see if they can handle it. He left us and he gave us his word so that we might have the fullness of his joy and we might take that very word that we have received that is setting us apart and making us fundamentally different and take it to the world. And notice here, amazingly too, Jesus says, I sanctify myself that they may be truly sanctified. Now, we talked about sanctifying as being purification, and it is that, but it has to be something more if Christ is saying, for for their sake, I sanctify myself. Because Christ is sinless. He doesn't need sanctification in that sense. What he means is, I set myself apart. That is the other sense of meaning around the word sanctification. I set myself apart. And the word sanctify here can also be translated consecrate. That's how it's used in the the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And it's used to describe the process that the priests and the sacrifices would go through to prepare them for right service to God. And so Jesus, remember, is going to the cross. He says, I sanctify myself. I prepare myself for the service, for the act, for the sacrifice of the cross. So that in that act too, in the cross and in me, they too may be sanctified and be ready to be sent. We are sent to take this word of God, this sanctification, this purifying word. For Christ so loved, for God so loved the world. This is for everyone. This is not just for us, and He wants to send us out. And so what I want to do is we have this morning proclaimed the word of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We continue to proclaim the word of God, that God is not dead, that he is alive, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no way to be reconciled to God but through his son, Jesus Christ, but praise God, he has done it. And so what I want to finish with is give us an opportunity, if you have not ever been reconciled to God, if you have not acknowledged the sacrifice that he made on your behalf, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Can I invite us to just bow our heads? And 
friend, here's the, here's the context of this. You know we live in a world where there is evil and where we ourselves have done things that are evil. And in some ways, you don't even need the Bible, the Word of God, to tell you that because He has imprinted it on your conscience. You know you can't even live up to your own standard of what is good. And because of that evil, we are under the judgment of God. But God loved the world so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to lay down His life for us. And when He died on a cross... He paid the price for all of those things. And God raised him up to the de- from the dead again three days later, having conquered death, so that if you believe in him, if you will entrust your heart to him, your spirit to him, you will no longer be under judgment when you die, but you will be reconciled to God. You will have a new relationship with him. And you can know that new life right now, that sanctification, that being purified, that being washed clean of everything that you've ever done. So if that's you and you want to make that decision right now, I just encourage you to pray these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I choose to agree with you today. I confess I've been going my own way. I have followed my own evil thoughts and desires. And I want to be at peace with you. I believe you are God. I believe you died on the cross for me. And that God raised you from the dead. Please forgive me. I put my trust in you today. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for giving me new life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that that prayer, we would love to have a chat with you. We would love to meet you because, as I've said, God didn't make us to be individuals in the world. He made us to be one. He actually uses that word repeatedly. He made us to be one community of people who follow him and who help each other to follow him, even as we're in the world but not of it. But right now, uh, I want to pray for us again, and I want to seal today's message in worship. So would you stand with me, and let's just bow our heads and just thank God for what he has shared with us this morning. Father God, I, I and we together give you thanks for your word. Lord, I thank you that you didn't abandon us. Lord, when you went to the cross, nor when you, resurrect, when you ascended to heaven again. Lord, you knew everything that we need. You've given us your spirit, you've given us your word, and you've given us each other as your followers. Father God, now we, we thank you for what we've heard, and Lord, we pray, we open our hearts again, and we say, Lord, would that seed that you have sown fall on good soil? Lord, we choose, we desire to put it into practice. Lord, would you help us to do that? We give thanks to you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.